You are listening to How Does She Do It, Episode 1. Welcome to the ride. Thank you for joining me on this episode of How Does She Do It, a podcast that's dedicated to sharing practical insight and honest perspective about what it's like to be a grown woman in your 30s. I, my name is Tiffany, and I'm so happy that you joined me today. And today's topic is actually, is really just an ode to my 20s. Um, A couple months ago, I wrote a post on my blog about eight lessons that I learned in my 20s. And I decided that I wanted to share those in this first episode because I figured it would be a really good way to introduce what this podcast is really all about. So just very quickly before I get into that, let me tell you a little bit more about myself. Like I mentioned, my name is Tiffany. I am from New York originally, but I've been living outside of Philadelphia for the past um, nine years, which sounds crazy considering that when I first moved here, I didn't think that I would be here longer than the time that I came for graduate school, which was those first two years. Lo and behold, I came, I stayed for uh, law school and came and worked and have changed careers since then. So it's been a very good journey, I will say. Philadelphia has been very, very good to me, and I'm happy to be here. So with that, how did How Does She Do It come about? So during, I guess, my first career, I I came to a point where I realized that I wanted to do... I wanted to do more related to helping people navigate the different situations that came up when we deal with adulthood. So when you're in school, for as long as I was in school, I was in school, like I said, I went through graduate school, I went through my undergrad, my master's, and then went through through law school. So by the time you get to your first job, things are a little challenging, right? You, I spent my time being used to having a professor tell me each semester in every class that I was in what was expected of me, when things were generally due, when there would be exams, what most of the expectations were on those exams. And I lived my life like that for nearly a decade and technically longer if you consider if you want to count high school too. So what that meant for me was that by the time I started my first job, I was looking around trying to figure out what was what was I supposed to do next? What was the next goal? What was the next objective? I spent that first year or so really trying to get my feet under me. And it took me a long time to get comfortable with the idea that my career was both in my control and out of my control. And what that meant was what that really means is that if you don't if you aren't deliberate about being looking towards certain goals or being in certain places or looking for certain skill sets, then you can a year, two years, five years can pass you by and you could be sitting in the same spot doing the same thing, not having really made any meaningful progress or conscious progress. And I think what I found While I learned this lesson related to careers, I found that this was also true in my personal life. And what I realized more than anything else, probably in the first one to two years after me leaving school, was that my life was no longer 
fit in these neat boxes anymore. I couldn't, I wasn't just a student who did things, had extracurricular activities. I was becoming a more whole woman who was much more aware of the intersection of my values. I became much more cognizant of how important it was for me to have a certain type of balance and feeling in the work that I did at work because the work that I did during the daytime I wanted it to also tie into some of the things that mattered to me. For example, seeing people develop in their careers, getting people to where they wanted to be in both their personal life and for their the professional life, helping people navigate systems and understand the challenges that, that face them. And, and so those things really matter to me. So I, I had to take a step back. And I ended up leaving my leaving the practice, the full time practice of law, to go into higher education. And I went into higher education partly because number one, I was very familiar with it. I was very familiar with what it meant to be a student. I was very familiar with the idea of nav- of navigating the challenges of being, you know, a scared first year law student and not really sure of what to do or how to do it or who to talk to and those kinds of things. And because I I care about learning. Learning is as corny and nerdy as it sounds, learning has been the thing that and school has literally been the thing that has saved my life at some point. And so you'll we'll get more into those stories as the podcast progress. So um, I went into higher education and worked in in admissions, left admissions to then go into recruiting. And so now I'm in recruiting. Um, I enjoy it immensely. It's a really great place for me to to challenge myself, to push myself, to um, you know insert some of the skills that I have in a in out the, some of the skills and the the goals that I have outside of work at work. So. All of that to say, how does she do it came about because I found myself having an internal dialogue as well as conversations with a lot of my friends and mentors about like what, why is being grown so hard? What, who told, no one told us that it was going to be like this. No one told us that I would have to, that we would have to worry about our physical health and appearance, that we would have to worry about where we might want to live, that we would have to worry about our the jobs that we wanted to have, how we were going to keep our credit scores up, how we were going to um, take care of our families and care about our families, how we were going to build relationships with the with people that we could hopefully build futures with, how we were going to maintain our friendships, how we were going to heal and improve ourselves individually outside of work, how we were going to pursue passions, how we were going to do hobbies, all of those things. All of those things were things as, like, I, I like to cook. How am I supposed to cook if I spend 14 hours of work a day? How am I supposed to go on trips if I don't have enough money because I wanted to take a job that paid me, that didn't pay me a lot because I really care about the subject matter? All of these things were things that my me and my friends talked about and that I saw and I started to see a dialogue happen amongst women that led me to believe that there is a conversation that needs to happen. There are are questions that we have and and resources and advice and insight that we can give to each other. So how does she do it? That title means that we look to other people, that we look to other women as well as ourselves and figure out, you know what? I am actually doing better at this thing than I thought. Or you know what? I maybe can improve on this a little bit. Here's a question that I have. So as the show progresses, my hope is to be able to both 
to answer listener questions. My hope is to be able to is to be able to um, interview women who come from all walks of life, who are in across various professionals. This is not, or professions rather, this is not a show that's about um, just about entrepreneurs or just about women who are in corporate America or just about women who are pursuing creative or artistic outlets. This is about being a woman, being a whole woman and, and benefiting from the honest, the practical insight and the honest perspective that we have as it relates to our, our success at home, our success at work, our relationships and within ourselves. We are often as women often take on the the responsibility of making sure that everyone is taken care of that we make sure that this person gets what they need and this person feels supported and sometimes that often that comes at the expense of us doing things for ourselves and so i want this show to be about having real having conversations and discussions and and reflections on what that means on the intersections of who we are, how our personal values, our personal challenges sometimes creep into different areas of our life, how we can blend some of the things that we care about into our work, how we can imp- think about our spiritual journeys and how to bring our, and bring, make ourselves so that we l- are living a life and, and defining success for ourselves on our own terms and actually doing things to actively pursue and to gain that success for ourselves. So I'm really, really happy that you are, that you're here, that you're listening, that you've downloaded this. Um, My hope is that you'll share it with someone else and that we can begin to create a community that supports you and that supports each other. So with that said, I would like to just go into, like I mentioned, um, I turned 30 in May and you know, it's been a it's been an amazing time so far. I had a great great birthday celebration. Um but I just remember thinking about what 30 was going to be like when I was 20 years old. And it doesn't look like what I thought it would look like. It's not bad, but it does not look like what I thought 30 would look like. I thought by now um you know in my naive self that I'd be married, that I would have XYZ things that I would be in XYZ level in my career. And, you know, some of those things are not true. What's what is true though is that I am happier than I have ever been. Um I am more ambitious and um adventurous and willing to take risks than I thought that I would be at this point. I am in shape. I'm in really good shape. I'm in better shape than I think I have been in probably the last 10 years or so. Um, and I, I feel good. I am pursuing a more active relationship with God and, um, and reading the word more. Um, and I am in a very, very important and great relationship with a very loving man. Um, so you know, although things don't look like what I thought they would, they do look pretty daggone good, I gotta say. Um, so let's get into these lessons. So eight lessons that I learned in my 20s. Of course, there are really probably at least 50 that I could concretely 
identify, but I wanted to just pick eight, number one, because it was, it's easier to read and digest. I was going to do 10, but then I decided like, you know, 10 is kind of trite. Eight is like a random number. So we're, we're just going to go with that. So lesson number one, focus on the journey and not just the destination. I spent a lot of my 20s with this intense kind of tunnel vision working towards these very specific goals. The first target was graduating college. The second target was graduating from my master's and somewhere in between I had to apply to get my master's. Then the third target was, you know, deciding that I I actually did want to apply to law school and then going to law school, then, then graduating from law school, taking the bar exam, passing the bar exam, getting this job, getting these internships. And so it was always boom, 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 boom. So I was so focused on these destinations that I often did not take time to look up and really assess and, and, and take in the journey that was happening, the big picture. As I got you know closer to 30, I started to become more conscious of doing that and I spent more time really thinking about and, and actively reflecting in the moments. But as you're going through through life, don't think of it, don't think of it as trying to get to this next step, this next destination. Think about the entire experience. Keep your eyes open and and actively assess the learning that's happening as life is happening. Um, one thing that I've learned in in having these in my having my career particularly and even my relationships take different turns is that you always end up where you're supposed to be anyway. It may not be where where you expect it to be when you initially set out and and you know put the address in the GPS, but you'll get there um, where you're supposed to. You'll get where you're supposed to be, and you'll get there when you're supposed to be there. Lesson number two. Love yourself first. Um, this one was really, really hard for me to learn. Um, I remember during my fresh, freshman year in college, sitting in my dorm room um, after I had this ridiculous relationship interaction with this man. And um, I would sing, I was listening to, um, or would listen to India Iris. I am ready for love, um, over and over and over again. And I was just so, I was so torn up because I was just thinking about how my friends had boyfriends and everybody else seemed to have these relationships. And, you know, you would have thought that I had just gone through this messy divorce. And, um, but I, I realized in hindsight that I wasn't just crying because of the, the relationship or whatever it was that I had just um, ended, but I was crying for myself. Um, I didn't love myself at that point. Um, I, I learned over time that, and after, you know, met different relationships and interactions, that in order to be able to give and receive love from other people, you have to love yourself first. And this self-love is not to be confused with, you know, thinking that you always have it together all the time or that you don't have room to grow, but it's more about accepting yourself and taking care of yourself um, in different areas of your life and respecting yourself such that others can then respect and expect that you 
respecting yourself and expecting others to also respect you. When you love yourself, when you respect yourself, people will have no other option but to respect you because respect you and to to love you if they so if they get that opportunity because if you expect it of yourself you won't tolerate anything less from anybody else lesson number three is asking for help is a strength and not a weakness i was oh I was I'm prideful I like to try to do things on my own I like to say that I was able to you know I overcame this or I got that and and you know what after a while it's tiring when you don't when you can't when you are carrying something or you're trying to deal with something so much so on your own all the time you it's exhausting and it left me feeling by myself it left me feeling wiped out it left me feeling like I had nothing else to give because I was trying to do too much there are other people that exist in our lives for a reason we have networks we have support systems we have friends we have uh, you know hopefully church churches families a number of resources that are at, that are available to us to help us on our journeys and a lot of times we sometimes we feel as though we can't ask for that help because people will look down on us or, or ask well why couldn't she do this on her own and that's not the case don't be too proud to ask for someone's guidance assistance or perspective because even if that advice is not necessarily on point for you there's something that you'll take away from that and be able to apply to to where you're trying to go uh, lesson number four that I've, I've learned, um, that I learned during my twenties is that real friends, they are there, they will stretch you, they will support you and they will make you better. I am truly blessed to have friends that I consider sisters, that I consider family, that I believe that I treat them as though they are family and they treat me as though they are family and, and, and opened even their own families up to me in various ways and on various occasions. Um, I have friends who have sat me down and told me about myself in in tough love terms, but in terms that I needed to hear. Um, they have called me out on things that I shouldn't do and snatched me out of messes that I should not have been in. They have challenged me. They've encouraged me. They have um, pushed me to to challenge myself. They've reminded me of my goals. They've helped me, um, you know, understand. And I, I pray that, that you, that everyone has those kinds of friends. Um, so that is something that I, in, in looking back on the things that I've experienced in the la- over the last 10 years, oh, I can't believe that, that I could even say that and it be, and me be con- conscious of like all 10 of those years. Um, wow. But yeah, so friends honor your friends trust your friends enjoy your friends and um and give them what you hope that they can they hopefully do and can give you uh lesson number five which is kind of like placed right in the middle of this list is god is good and faith is so necessary i cannot begin to tell you because this podcast is not supposed this episode is not supposed to go with longer than 30 or 40 minutes but the ways that God has blessed me in my life are immeasurable and innumerable. I I don't even think innumerable is a word, innumerable. Anyway, there are a lot of them. And um, 
like I said, I mentioned earlier, I am not the, you know, textbook Christian. Um, but faith has always been, has been something that has always been a part of my life. And, um, you know, when I was a little girl and I would pray for a laundry list of things, tangible things to be given to me as though God was, is a magician. Um, I eventually have grown to know the value of having a relationship with him. And for me, that has been immensely important in my life. And, um, there have been times when I couldn't do anything else, but pray and hope that he heard me and, you know, wait to see things turn around. And when, when I have, when I have seen myself put true faith in him, the way that things work out, not always the way that I wanted them to, but the way that they should and needed to, I, I believe that God is very real. So that is, um, you know, something that I, I've, I've gained and strength has strengthened over the last several years of my life. Um, lesson number six, success means different things to different people. As women who are ambitious, um, we often, a lot of times, not even just women, people, especially in the, in the day and age that we live in where you can go to any number of different websites, social media um, sites, and see this image of what people have and what they're putting forth. And I have this thing, I've attained that. And people just just put forth these positive pro- projections of what they have. And, um, you know, it's easy to compare yourself to those things. It's easy to say, well, this person has that. Maybe that's something that I should, I should, uh, attain as well. But what, when I, when I started my job, my first job out of law school, I had this idea of what that, that, that success meant to get to that point that I was at. And then I got there and I looked around and I realized that I wasn't actually happy with that definition of success. So I realized that I had to, take a step back and really figure out what did, what did success mean to me? Was it the amount of money that I make in a year, which is fine if that is a measure because it, it is a measure for me. Was it the title that came associated with, with what I was doing? Was it the feeling that I got from the work that I was doing? Was it the, was it flexibility? Was it a balance between life at home or, or an integration of life at home and life at work? Um, what, what did success mean to me? And I, and I realized that success didn't fit in, it didn't mean that it wasn't just about my work. It wasn't just about my, about my health. It wasn't just about my relationship. It was about me. It was about what I wanted for myself. And so I, I left, you know, the, the practice, I walked away from a very, um, handsome salary because I wanted to, I wanted to do something that made me feel a different kind of way. And for me, um, at this point, I do not, I don't know what, the next step in my journey will be, but I do know that I feel as though I am, I have defined and created a, a definition of success that is unique to me. And that is not based on, uh, standards that have been applied by other people. Lesson number seven, be able to articulate your value. Um, this one really is significant, not just in your, not just at work, it's, it's, it's significant across all areas of, of our lives. I think, um, when you can express your value 
and your values. So what you contribute to a situation and what matters to you, you can then advocate for yourself in all areas of your life. You, people will be able to know and you more importantly than people, you will be able to identify where you stand, what is important to you, what you're willing to deal with, what you're not willing to tolerate, what you are willing to sacrifice in order to have certain types of things. When you do that, other people, they can't, they can't come at you crazy. They can't snatch something away from you because they didn't give it to you. It's something that you have established for yourself. And when you can, when you can make, when you can express your value and articulate your value and your values, then you will, will be able to live your life in a way that reflects those values and your value. Lesson number eight, I think is the kind of brings all of this together and is actually an example of, um, this whole, this actual, this list is an example of, um, this lesson. So I guess I'll just tell you the lesson. It is, um, actively reflect on your experiences and your emotions. This was something that I learned as a theoretical and practical application for my, my graduate school. So I did my, I did my master's in social work. And one of the things that we learned in, in a graduate school was this concept called metacognition, which basically means thinking about thinking. Um, as a, as a social worker at the time, I was training to be a therapist or training to be able to provide therapeutic services to clients. And so it, it was, it's immensely important as a therapist to be aware of your own thoughts, your own emotions, the needs of your client and the reality of the interaction at the same time. So if somebody, if your client says something to you that strikes an emotional chord with you, it's important that you're aware of that so that you don't then transfer that emotion onto your client. That's just a, a quick example. I won't get too too much into it. But what I what I did not realize was happening in me going through this this kind of educational pursuit is that I learned to then do that for myself. And what it did over the years that I was dealing with a significant amount of emotional turmoil and stress in my mid 20s, uh, mid and late 20 mid to late 20s I would say, is that th- I learned to pay attention to my own thoughts, to my own reactions, to my own emotions in situations as they were kind of happening. And what that did, it allowed me to to figure out and to discern whether I was overreacting or doing too much in a situation or if this person was actually, if somebody else was doing me some harm. Or it allowed me to really be, to be more in the moment and to recognize that, you know what, maybe, uh, this situation isn't the best for me. And I'm, and I was paying attention to it as it was happening. And eventually as things started to get more positive and, and, um, and look up a little bit more in my emotional life, I was also able to 
enjoy things that were happening as they were happening. Not because I, I not because I was, you know, not living in the moment, but I was able to really take a step back and, and assess and to feel what was happening and not just let an experience kind of brush past me and pass me by and me look up and say, oh my gosh, what happened? Um, so that is something that I think is, it, well, you'll probably hear me mention or talk about or allude to, to the importance of, of active self-reflection and, um, and deliberate, you know, um, deliberate reflection on, on where you are in all areas of in in all areas of your life because it really there's so much to be gained when you are aware of what's happening when you're aware of your negative and positive emotions when you're aware of how you are contributing to a situation when you are aware of how someone else is affecting your mood and affecting your your um your space and affecting your progress in one way or another. When you are, when you're actively thinking, you're actively paying attention to your experiences and your emotions, the, the gain, the amount of value and and lessons to be gained are, are really endless. So with that, um, I would like to thank you again for joining me for this episode. Um, and for, for listening to my, um, my rants, an unpolished um, presentation of my first podcast episode. Uh, I do hope that you will subscribe to this podcast or share it with other people. I do hope that you will um, come back next week. The goal is to release a podcast every week. And um, I look forward to you joining me. Thanks again for, um, for listening to How Does She Do It? 